0: BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk.
1: And welcome to Crosstalk here on VCY America. A special welcome again to those of you listening over the brand new WVBN uh, covering New York City at 103.9 on the dial. So glad to have you with us and meeting up with us each afternoon at the same time for Crosstalk as we cover a number of issues on the uh, broadcast. Well, as we introduce today's topic, it should be no surprise to you because if you've, uh, if you've been existent over the past many months, you've seen that food prices have gone through the roof, egg shortages, and prices abound, and strange things are happening. I mean, we've reported previously on the many food processing plants that are going up in flames. Uh, just a little over a week ago, an egg farm went up in flames. Last Friday, a seafood processing plant in New Brunswick went up in flames. This week, in many eastern states, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration issued a recall on over 400 food products over listeria contamination. We've been warned that fertilizers are being limited, that we've been warned not to expect the normal yield on crops. Last week, a South Dakota rancher who serves as the president-elect of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association was speaking with Fox News Digital, indicating that foot and mouth disease, a highly contagious virus that affects cows, pigs, sheep, and other animals with cloven hooves... Well, it's only a matter of time before this foot and mouth disease makes it across the southern border. Meanwhile, we have China that's been buying up farmland. We've been warned that rural suicide rates are up due to farm stress, and during the World Economic Forum, the chairman of the largest industrial manufacturing company in Europe spoke of the positive effects if if a billion people would stop eating meat. Speaking of the World Economic Forum, they recently presented a scenario promoting the eating of insects. Yes, eating bugs. Ladies and gentlemen, is it only me? Or are you asking the same question in your mind? What's happening to our food supply? Joining us today, we welcome back Tom DeWeese, president of American Policy Center. Tom is one of the nation's leading advocates of individual liberty, free enterprise, private property rights, personal privacy, back-to-basics education, and American sovereignty and independence and protecting our constitutionally guaranteed rights. He's the author of Sustainable, the War on Free Enterprise, Private Property and Individuals, and the political novel, Erase. Tom, welcome back here to Crosstalk.
2: Good to be with you, Jim. Thanks.
1: So, Tom, we've always considered the United States to be a land of plenty, but our, our food supply is being challenged in ways that this present generation has never seen before. And I guess before we get into some of these many specifics, could you just help us see the big picture to know what's going on? And because we, we see a food processing plant fire here. We'll be talking about these things and eggs and chickens and, and cows and all these things. But what is the big picture of what's going on here?
2: Well, uh from what I'm reading and what I've been studying all these uh these years, uh you know, the there there is an agenda to uh control uh the population and uh and I'll tell you as we're talking about food uh, supplies going down and that sort of thing. Uh, one of the things that uh, I have ignored, or I haven't ignored it, but I haven't talked about it over the last 20 or 30 years as I've been uh, warning about these things, is that one of their goals is population reduction. And uh, I didn't talk about it a lot because I had enough trouble getting people to understand the threat to their property and, and that sort of thing. And I thought if I started telling them that they had a goal of getting rid of 7 billion people, that I'd have a hard time, uh, you know, keeping their uh, attention. But now, with the the Great Reset and what we're seeing happen with the food supply and everything, that is becoming to the very forefront of of their whole uh, agenda going on here, reducing the population. And uh, the United Nations has actually said that the Earth can only sustain about a billion people. And we're hearing all this now that, of course, you've got all the radical environmental movement that, uh, doesn't want us, uh, eating, you know, eating meat and, uh, you know, con- controlling how food is grown, uh, taking away all kinds of, uh, controls by the farmers to, uh, to raise the, you know, the food we need and that they are, uh, you know, giving them all kinds of rules and regulations, rules and regulations coming from people who never grew any food in their life and uh, probably believe it all comes from Safeway. But um, mm. this, is, this is what we're dealing with, and every single aspect of the food industry is being controlled under the words sustainable. Sustainable means you're going to starve to death if they keep it up.
1: Wow. Well, Tom, and I know this is another topic. We're not going to go down this road, but I do have to mention, as you talked about the limiting of the population, I mean, the likes of Bill Gates, who who had said, you know, if we really do a good job on vaccination, we'll be able to save lives and reduce the population at the same time. I mean, the, the the goal of world population reduction has been long on the mind of these globalists.
2: Absolutely, that's what I mean. I, I've known it there. I've you know studied it uh, years ago. That that's what they wanted to do, but uh, it's a very difficult thing to talk about because it's so unbelievable. Yeah, and and people just kind of turn off and, and don't listen to you anymore. And but now. Like like you just said, Bill Gates is right there in front.
1: Jacques Cousteau was another. I mean, he talked about uh, to eliminate so many in the world's population. I don't have his numbers fresh before me, but when when he advocated, you know, this mass reduction of population, he said it's a terrible thing to say, but he said it's even more terrible not to say it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. wow. So, Tom, let's, as we talk about the food supply here today, uh, well, let's get into some specifics on different aspects of this. We, we've we seen the, the price of eggs just staggering. There are those who are questioning the food that the chickens are eating is causing them not to lay, and others say, no, 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 that's conspiracy theory. Any comment here on eggs and chickens in particular?
2: Yeah, the uh, uh, as I, I, I mentioned uh, to you earlier, I've got a Reuters report that, that debunks all this. None of that's true. They haven't found anything. Uh, you know uh, unusual there are thirty six thousand food processing plants in the country and uh well yeah, a few of them burned down, but uh, not a big deal is, is kind of what they 're saying there um, and we 've also got the report that uh out of uh, tractor supply uh, the uh, one of the big farm uh, supply chains in the country produce a uh, or pre- present a um, chicken feed called uh, producer's pride and uh the the word is going out uh, from uh chicken producers and so forth they start they changed the formula on uh producer's pride and chickens have stopped laying eggs and uh you know some suggested that it's a deliberate thing to do now a lot of people say well in the winter time they don't lay as many eggs and so forth uh, but they were finding out that uh, uh from from various sources that chickens that are always very reliable, have stopped, and if they stop giving them that feed and give them something else, then they start producing eggs again. So that's kind of a,
1: a you know, Chuck you know, and Tom, we, yeah, uh, and, and we've been through many winters before, we've been through many cold periods before as a nation, but I've never seen a shortage like what we see now.
2: Yeah, and and when you when you put together, if you really study the Great Reset and what they mean by that, and they really do mean a complete reset of our entire human uh, society, and uh, you know all of a sudden we start having these things happen. The interesting thing about the uh, the situation with tractor supply is um, there are several people on their board of directors that are involved in, in a lot of the stuff that's going along with the Great Reset. Uh, there's, there's one lady, her name's Joy Brown, and she's a former executive of Vanguard. And Vanguard, along with BlackRock and State Street, are buying up land all over the country, both in cities and in rural areas, uh, to convert it to uh, these sustainable uh, processes on that. She's on their board of directors. Uh, they've got... Um, uh, some other people. There's a Thomas Kingsbury who is uh, bragging about implementing ESG initiatives. Uh, you know, as they're putting these processes in place. Well, ESG is the root of the whole thing: environment, so- social, government. All of that tied together. That's the Agenda 21 issue. Goes on and on like that. They're talking about some of the farmers are saying that a lot of the seeds that they're getting now uh, are designed to. Um, they call them suicide seeds or terminator seeds that they uh, stopped stop producing. They they make the soil sterile, so forth. So on and on like that. If these are the people who are producing what the farmers are having to buy to to feed their chickens and so forth, then you begin to get a picture. If we're talking about this whole global structure uh, and and the and the agenda of what they're trying to put in place, and then here they are working inside these corporations. And it starts to uh, make some sense.
1: You know, we're also seeing just millions of chickens that are being put to death due to the uh, avian flu outbreaks. And I've done some reading on that that as well. And some are actually questioning if there's any gain-of-function work going on to perpetuate this avian flu.
2: Well, get this. I've got this report from March of last year, uh, March 4th through the 10th. Let me just read this to you. Uh, On those dates in uh, Missouri in Stoddard, Missouri, two hundred ninety-four thousand chickens were destroyed at a farm there, and uh, uh, six hundred forty-four thousand chickens were destroyed at an egg farm in Cecil, Maryland. Two hundred forty-five, uh, two hundred forty-four thousand chickens were destroyed at an egg farm in Newcastle, Delaware. Six hundred sixty-three thousand were destroyed uh, in, in uh, Cecil, Maryland, at an egg farm, and. 915,000 were destroyed at an egg farm in Taylor, Idaho. Those all happened between March 4th and March 10th of 2022. Then you go down to April of the same year, and the same pattern is there. 89,000 were destroyed at a farm in North Carolina. uh, 1,746,000 were destroyed in Dixon, Nebraska. Uh, 259,000 in Minnesota on and on and on like that, uh, you know, Every every month or so, the, that many
1: chickens. No wonder we don't have any eggs. Yeah, indeed, um, uh, Tom. Uh, and we're gonna, we've got a lot here to cover. I, are you suspicious? And we had a brief comment on this by all these fires. I mean, uh, w- the food processing plants, and I, I think you've got a, a number of how many have gone up. But just over a week ago, it was an egg farm, and then uh, then most recently here as well, it was a seafood processing plant uh, just across the border in New Brunswick that went up in flames. Uh, Something just is not ringing true here to see such a, a barrage of food processing plants going up in flames.
2: Don't you find it interesting that we never heard these kind of stories before? All of a sudden, these are happening everywhere we turn. And uh, what was the other one? There was a, in one week's time, two were hit by airplanes crashing into them, which is just an amazing coincidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: let's talk about... Uh, Cattle beef I assured here even in the opening of the program that that uh, there's concern about foot and mouth disease coming across the southern border right now that could really decimate our our cows our pigs, sheep, other animals
3: as well
2: yeah absolutely and what we 've been uh, facing and i 've been working on this for the last couple of years is the uh, the, the entire cattle industry uh, is being t- c- taken control by uh, what is called the um, sustainable uh, beef um, roundtable, global sustainable beef roundtable, and one of the main forces behind it is the World uh, Wildlife Fund. Now, the World Wildlife Fund is one of the most uh, – it is the most powerful and one of the most radical environmental groups in the world working directly with this, these issues, and they said – meat consumption is devastating some of the world's most valuable and vulnerable regions due to the vast amount of land needed to produce animal feed. And to protect the environment, we've got to reduce uh, you know, beef consumption.
1: Tell you what, we'll pick up with more on that uh, on the beef issue after the break. Tom DeWeese is with us today from the American Policy Center and uh, answering and addressing the question, what's happening to our food supply? We'll be back in just one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, where do blind cave fish come from?
2: Chris, it seems that some fish get trapped in caves living in total darkness. They have no use for their eyes, thus their eyes atrophy and no longer develop. But some of these fish are virtually identical to fish that live in lakes and streams nearby which do have eyes. I've long wondered what would happen if you took some of these blind fish and raised them in a lit environment would their eyes begin to develop? The fish still have the genes for eyes, but they're never switched on. Thus, the eyes are never expressed. I've often wondered if they're interfertile with the sighted fish. This seems to be a good research project, but as far as I know, the blind fish are protected, and no such research has been done. Chris, fish were created on day five of Creation Week, and that happened... Back in Genesis.
0: To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT.
1: What's Happening to Our Food Supply? We're addressing that issue today with Tom DeWeese, president of American Policy Center. Their website, AmericanPolicy.org, AmericanPolicy.org. Tom, we're talking about uh, the beef industry right now. You've done whole programs with this on on the, 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 the war against the beef industry. Um, and the picture's not really getting any better, is it?
2: No, it's getting worse. And uh, this... this uh... Global Roundtable for Sustainable de- Beef is at, at the root of it. I mean, uh, first of all, they uh, these sustainable rules that they put on for uh, for the cattlemen to have to use to grow their product. And by the way, they've already done this to chicken and, and pork, but uh, cattle is now the the target. But um, you know, here you have farmers who know how to take care of the land. They have to. If they don't, then then they won't be in business. Right. But here are these environmentalists and, and these bureaucrats telling them how they have to uh, operate, and it uh, you know put all these different rules on there. There are what people don't realize is that the cattlemen themselves don't have a market. They uh, take their their land to feedlots. I mean, take their cattle to feedlots, and uh, then the, there are four packers in basically across the globe that are the the source. They're the ones with the product. There's Tyson's, Cargill, one called JBS, one called National Beef. And they have the markets. They set the price. They set the rules. They're all part of this uh, global roundtable. And um, uh, they they are putting these rules in place. They are slowly putting a lot of these feedlots out of business. And what's happening is American beef is not getting uh, picked up and they they are getting their beef from other countries cheaper, with because they don't have all these rules. Yet they're the ones imposing the rules. It's just absolute insanity.
1: And so, when there is uh, any kind of, 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 of food recall, Tom, do we know what country is is providing the food that's that's generating the recall?
2: No. One of the first things that uh, they got uh, accomplished and the Department of Agriculture did was take the uh, label of uh, country origin off of the beef. Now, sometimes they'll put on there, if, if they bring it in here from Brazil, for example, but process it here, they'll say it's processed in the United States. But it didn't come from here. And we've been trying hard to you know to pressure the government to put that label back on there, but they're totally ignoring it.
1: You know, and just speaking of recalls, I, I just saw over 400 products uh, uh, have been recalled in, in mostly eastern states across the United States with warning of listeria. I mean, it, it just seems so ironic when when you see just a, a plethora of these outbreaks combined with fires, combined with avian flu, and all of these things, all these disaster sort of things happening all at one time.
2: Yeah, and, and you'll find, if you begin to do the research, you'll probably find that a lot of that disease came from products coming in here from these other countries. A great amount. Uh, Tyson sends it. Here is Tyson is one of the big chicken producers in, in the country. They, sent, they send it to China to be processed and then sent back here. What do you think is in there? Who's watching how, how it's protected and so forth? What happens when it's shipped you know, after it's been processed? Uh, all kinds of things can come out of that, but that's, that's, that's one of the things they're doing.
1: So we also have, at the same time, we brought up at the very beginning the uh, the Great Reset, and we know this is being promoted by the World Economic Forum. And, Tom, during the World Economic Forum, I'm looking at an article from townhall.com from January 20th, uh, during the World Economic Forum, the chairman of the largest industrial manufacturing company in Europe, uh, Siemens, Uh, Jim Hagman Snabe uh, pushed the left's Green Great Reset by advocating for Americans to eat less meat and replace it with synthetic proteins. And here's a quote. If a billion people stop eating meat, I tell you, it has a big impact. Not only does it have a big impact on the current food system, but will also inspire the innovation of food systems. Mobilizing for Climate Panel added, I predict we'll have proteins not coming from meat in the future that will probably taste even better. There are those that are really pushing what's being called fake meat today.
2: Absolutely. And that, that's the big push. And one of the th- reasons that Bill Gates is buying up so much land is to be a producer of that. And, and he made the comment, well, it may taste a little funny, but you'll get used to it.
1: Yeah. You wow. Know?
2: And, and they, the, the whole argument... With, especially with cattle and so forth, uh, why we have to get rid of all that is how they're damaging the environment uh, with having to feed them a huge amounts of land uh, being taken up by them. And, uh, you know, of course, we know the whole joke about cow flagellants and so forth. But one of the things they say is that a cow consumes 30 gallons of water per day. And when you've got thousands and thousands, if not millions of them, think what that's doing to the water supply. Well, here's the truth. <laughs> uh, Thirty gallons times a year would make a cow weigh about 94,000 pounds. A cow utilizes water, not consumes it, and it processes it right through there and puts it right back in the earth. That is one of the big lies of it. But when you've got people who have never even been on a farm making the rules, then they believe this stuff.
1: Tom DeWeese is with us today from American Policy Center uh tom let's see, hit another area as well, and uh this has to do with the the promotion even of the the eating of bugs uh eating insects are being said to reduce climate change
2: yeah yeah that's well it all goes with the uh, the amount of land and, and fertilizer and all that sort of stuff used to uh have the the cattle and the pigs and the all that but you but you also mix you know these all these different organizations these ngo organizations and a lot of them are these vegan groups that uh you know have this thing that you don't dare eat any a live animal and uh so you know that's part of the attack on that to stop it now apparently they don't understand that bugs have families so yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. no this is where they're going with that and uh, uh you know, and and the argument about cattle, for example, all over the the West, and that here are these cattle that are uh, using up, you know, eating the grass and and doing all these terrible things to the environment. But back before the cattlemen were there, the cattle herds we had huge herds of buffalo. There's not a big difference between the consumption patterns of a buffalo and a cow, and and you know it's just. Uh they just make the stuff up
1: as they go. I, I have a document before me and it is right from the World Economic Forum touting the eating of bugs. And here it's entitled Five Reasons Why Eating Insects Could Reduce Climate Change. Number one, edible insects can produce equivalent amounts of quality protein when compared to animals. Number two, insects require less care and upkeep than livestock. Number three, we're actually running out of protein. Number four, insects are part of a virtuous eco cycle. And number five, you can start small and work your way up. Uh, no thank you.
2: Yeah. I read a report the other day that uh, the um, digestive system of human beings is different than that of birds that eat the bugs. And there, I, I don't have it in front of me now that the, there's chemicals in the bugs that are actually dangerous to humans that birds thrive on because of that different system yeah. in, in our, econo- in our uh, development system.
1: Tom, there's another reason of, of, of concern that uh, is before us as well, and that is China, communist China. What is the interest of China in U.S. farmland?
2: Well, uh, control. The, you know, the, the, the United States is a threat, being an independent, powerful nation, a free enterprise nation, and, uh, you know, which made us a very wealthy and a very powerful nation. And if you are going to, if your goal is to rule the world, then you have got to get rid of your number one threat. And, you know, having our sovereign nation, first of all, globalism, the whole plan for globalism is to get rid of sovereign nations, independent nations. And uh, they, they, of course, use the argument that independent nations Uh, causes wars. That's why we fight each other. And we have everything under one control. And China is determined to be that one control. And they are working to get rid of the threat of the United States. They control our food supply. They control our energy supply. They control our manufacturing system. Then what do we have left but to say, yes, sir, no, sir?
1: Yeah, I mean they even control our airspace. I mean, look what happened when this balloon, you know, came through the United States and we've got the FAA that is, uh, you know, canceling flights and and you cannot go into this part of the airspace and as we watch a a, a communist Chinese balloon do surveillance work over the heartland of the United States, uh, I mean, they're controlling our airspace too. They dictated what was going to happen there.
2: Yeah, and now they're saying that we shot it down. Well, that was our, bol- our balloon, Chinese say, and uh, you don't have a right to shoot that down. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's our property. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, there are there are some efforts going on right now. We understand as well uh, to bar China from uh, farmland. Uh, I know Tom. There's been a great uh, consternation about uh, uh, near you know sensitive areas such as in North Dakota, uh, a corn mill from China near a uh, the Grand Forks Air Base.
2: Yeah, and they, they seem to really enjoy getting their uh, property next to. Uh... To a military basis. You also have uh, Chinese police uh, uh, forces in New York City and uh, in other parts around the country. And, uh, you know, just step by step, uh, we're just ignoring them as they slowly come in and, and take control. If you don't understand the mentality, the background of the communist Chinese, then, you know, you're helpless in all of this. They are not a uh, good neighbor. They are not somebody we can just deal with. Every single thing they do is based on the idea of taking control and getting rid of the biggest threat they have, which is us.
1: Well, I don't have the bill number with me. The com just reported that a couple of congressmen uh, just introduced legislation in Washington called the Prohibition of Agriculture Land for the People's Republic of China Act. Uh, that has uh, been introduced right now, saying agriculture is uh, Eastern Washington's number one industry. We cannot allow companies from China to lock down our resources and undermine our farmers' and ranchers' ability to feed the world, said uh, uh, Representative uh, McMorris Rogers in a statement. Uh, so there are some that are waking up, Tom, to see the threat that this is posing for our nation.
2: Now, this is huge. Uh, Texas uh, Congressman Chip Roy is the one who introduced that bill, hmm. And um, so, yeah, it, uh, this is what we have to do. We have got to protect our land. And, uh, you know, and the, the other thing that goes with this, as I mentioned, Vanguard and BlackRock uh, and, and state uh, organization, they, uh, these guys are buying up massive amounts of land. They are forcing uh, farmers to, to sell because they, they surround them. They're getting states to uh, give them the power of eminent domain, uh, these private corporations to go in and take private land. They are forcing farmers to sign uh, easements to um, allow them to... Uh, one of the things I've been working on is this idiotic uh, carbon capture pipeline that's going through Iowa, Nebraska, and Minnesota, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, and 1,300 miles of this thing to bury CO2 into the ground. And uh, supposedly, to protect us from global warming, it is complete idiocy, and uh, we 've got massive amounts of, of people in those states that are standing up fighting this, but you 've got state legislators that are sitting there twiddling their thumbs and uh, and county supervisors and so forth that you know who could protect their the, the property of the people in their in their communities and uh, they 're sitting there pretending like they don 't know what to do but um, you know, this is this is a threat to our uh, our farmland in a massive way. And we just found out uh, a week or so ago that Vanguard has said if we succeeded in stopping that pipeline, that Vanguard said, well, we've got these easements, and that's our land now, and we'll just sell that land.
1: Oh, my. Oh, my. Woe to be the one who has sold that land then in that regard. Tom DeWeese is with us today, so... Folks, we've laid out some problems here. What can you do? We're going to ask Tom that question. Uh, Following the break, you're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network.
0: Year after year, generation after generation, we as Americans enjoy the right and opportunity to let our voices be heard through the election of our governing officials. With over 200 years of peaceful transition from one elected body to another, the stability of America's republic stands alone among nations. Our founders pledged their life, their fortune, and their sacred honor in the establishment of this nation. Our country's founding documents have guided this nation and are the substance by which today's laws are judged. Do you own a copy of the Constitution? Documents of Freedom is a pocket-sized booklet containing the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and all other amendments passed. The booklet also features the Declaration of Independence and Washington's Farewell. Documents of Freedom is available for a donation of $5 or more to VCY America and can be made by calling 1-800-729-9829. That's 1-800-729-9829.
1: This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Tom DeWeese is our guest today, president of American Policy Center. The question is, so what can people do? And tell you what, we're going to be getting to that question in just a moment. But, Tom, we do want to raise one other issue that's going on that is really threatening the land here across the nation as well, and that deals with the the issue of um, solar farms. Tell us about the concern.
2: Yeah, both wind and solar farms, and we're talking about, Millions of acres of valuable farmland being taken to put these together. That's one of the reasons they're uh, – some of the uh, – one of the ways they're doing that is with these easements that I mentioned. But uh, what people don't realize is, first of all, underneath those solar panels uh, is cement. The, you know, it's an infrastructure. They've got wire and so forth, the massive amounts of copper, which, by the way, we're not allowed to dig for anymore and uh, in mine. And uh, – you know, that, uh, that they're literally paving the earth underneath there. And I have seen uh, some reports from some different scientists saying that this is creating uh, the atmosphere for another uh, dust bowl in the, in the Midwest, if, if this continues this way. But millions and millions of acres taken out of production uh, to put this together. And if the wind, if they succeed in getting rid of all the other sources of energy that we have today, and it's only wind and solar, uh, estimates are that that will only produce about four percent of the energy that we need. It is a totally ridiculous, stupid idea and uh, uh, and it 's destroying the earth all in the name of protecting the earth My,
1: Tom on february six here 's a Story out of uh, Western Journal, dozens of wind turbines in Scotland recently failed because of cold weather, and they were bailed out by the same fossil fuels that green energy mob would like us to believe uh, can and should be eliminated. They had to bring in diesel generators to uh, to make these uh, wind farms uh, continue on. The, 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 these turbines froze up, siphoned away more power than they generated, and in some cases polluted the country's. Beautiful countryside uh, with uh, hydraulic fluid, dirty hydraulic oil uh, regularly being sprayed out across the Scottish countryside due to cracks in the mechanisms.
2: Yeah, and to put those wind uh, towers and and solar towers up there in Scotland, they cleared 17,000 acres uh, and wiped out 14 million trees in order to save the planet.
1: Tom, what do we do, wring our hands and say, oh, my?
2: No. <laughs> we have to understand what what is up, we're up against and then at the local level this is where these things are being in place maybe the the rules are coming down and and the policies coming from the federal or even a global level but they are implementing it in the private in the, in the local level and what i have been barnstorming this nation and teaching people about is that in your community your city councilmen, your county supervisors are the people and your state legislatures are the people if they, if they cannot do any of this if uh they uh if private property is protected if farmers are protected and uh protecting their private property and getting these bureaucrats and these globalists and so forth out of there these sustainable beef uh you know round tables and all that stuff uh on the local level your city councilmen, your county supervisors can pass legislation to protect their land and what i've run into is that uh These corporations, I mentioned Vanguard and and BlackRock and so forth, what they are doing is they're pressuring the uh, local and the state governments to put in place a, um, uh, they they already have, like uh, the Iowa Utilities Board, for example. There are three appointed members of this board, and they are appealing to them to give these private corporations uh, the power of eminent domain, to just go in and take the land, to put this private pipeline process in place. And uh, your local elected officials create those boards. Those those, promo- those uh, appointed boards are created by elected people. And now they sit there and they twiddle their thumbs and say, well, the board says we can't do that. Who's your boss? The people who... Elected you, not those appointed boards. Get a backbone, stand up, and protect the people in your community, protect their property. This is how we have to organize, and this is what we have to do to go in in, in every community in this country, stand up and say no, protect the property, protect the people who live there, and stop letting these global corporations run roughshod over you.
1: Friends, there are those who have stood up, and and so we are seeing the transformation of some school boards, and Tom, some uh, you know aldermen or supervisors on on local and and uh, county uh, board levels as well, and starting that transformation process, and and they're having some some tremendous success. Those that have gone this direction,
2: absolutely. And I, I've been hearing success. Uh, I I got a. Call from a gentleman the other day who I did a video on this talking directly to uh, county supervisors and so forth. And they played that video in front of their city council uh, as they were getting ready to vote to allow some of this stuff to happen. And they voted it all down because they watched the video. That's what I was told.
1: Wow, wow. <laughs> Friends, the question today what's happening to our food supply? Let's open our phone lines and hear from you today. Our number to Crosstalk 800. 733 9829. Many of you are involved in the agriculture industry. Many of you are are ranchers. uh, And we'd like to hear from you today, your perspective as well. 1 800 733 9829. It's 1 800 733 9829. And Tom, a recent article that appeared in the Green Bay Press Gazette, Green Bay, Wisconsin dealt with the matter of rural suicide rates, and they're turning their focus to the stress on farms, Uh, the, the hardships and the issues that farmers are facing right now. There is great pressure that's being placed upon them from many different directions.
2: It is massive. I mean, when you consider farmers, basically, they don't want to be political people. They just want to be farmers. Maybe they're second, third, and fourth generation on the same land. And all of a sudden, these pressures are coming at them. These massive corporations, with their big, you know, battery of lawyers and all the money they have, and they're coming down and pressuring them. And they don't know what to do. And they are being told that, well, you're going to be out of business if, if this happens anyway. And we're just going to take your land. So here, we're going to offer you some money hmm. uh, for if you sign this easement. And they think, well, gee, I, I better do that. Then you find out once you sign that easement, you no longer own that land, no yeah. matter what they say.
1: Wow. Lines are stacked up here. We're going to begin with Ralph in South Dakota. Ralph, you're on the air.
4: Yeah, I want to ask Tom about um, does a law vary from state to state or really no private enterprise like these companies that are going to build these um, carbon pipelines? They really have absolutely no um, eminent domain. I mean, even if one or two landowners refuse to sign an easement they're kind of out of luck aren't they
2: well yeah they what they're doing is they are going to these appointed boards like i mentioned the iowa utilities board every state's got something like that and uh they don't have the the utility boards don't have the right to grant them eminent domain they are not eminent domain they're not public utilities uh and uh so they don't have the right, right. to do that but they're doing it and, uh, this is what we have to stand up to and, and to stop. I totally agree if along the pipeline route, if you get one county, two counties that would say you're not going to build it here, yeah. uh, you can begin to put a real crimp in it and possibly stop it. Uh, already in South Dakota, they have passed, yeah. some, a couple of counties have passed some regulations on that. And, uh, North Dakota has also done something else. So, there are some things that are happening in that direction. We just need more. Hmm.
4: But I know if I could, I know in South Dakota, a couple counties, you know, passed a moratorium on pipelines, yeah. and then they they turned around and sued the county.
2: Yeah, well, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, they're going to threaten them with that. Yeah. They got to stand up to it and, and fight back.
1: And that's all in the process right now here, and uh, the the. The jury is still out on where that's all going, but Ralph, thanks for for, for raising the issue here today. Joseph is next in Phoenix, Arizona. You're on the air.
3: Hi, um, I have a question regarding the um, airplanes that crashed into the um, food processing plants. Mm -hmm. I guess there were a few of them. I would like to know were the people killed who were flying these planes? If so, what were their names? What do we know about them? Is there an investigation? Were they really suicide bombers? Um, and what about some of the other uh, things like that? Are, are they looking into, who, who, you know, who who was writing these um, things?
1: Yeah, thank you for the call, and I'll have Tom comment, but let me... Just say it and spend some time. Just do some some research. Go online. For instance, here we have a pilot, age thirty, dies after plane crashes into potato processing plant. Uh, this was an experienced pilot, died uh, at uh, uh, thirty. This was in April of 2022 after crashing into a potato processing plant. Where that investigation goes, I I don't know. Here's another one, Tom. Just a week later, this is a or days later, a fiery plane crashing at a General Mills food processing plant.
2: Yeah, and they they talked to General Mills and they said, "Oh, it's not a big problem; didn't hurt anything." Hmm. Uh, the you know the, the the fact checkers and so forth. The media has not reported on this stuff at all, and so there's no big pu- push to have an investigation. And then you have these fact checkers from U.S. News and World Report and Snoop's and these guys, uh, Reuters, and they all say, "Wow, no, there's nothing there," yeah. and so it dies right there. And and there's nobody pushing to. Uh, you know, find out the
1: truth. Yeah, so I don't know the final uh, chapter in all those stories there, Joseph, but uh, certainly the number of articles covering that and some deaths have occurred as a result. Mark in Burlington, Kentucky, you're on the air.
3: First of all, I want to
4: thank you all for uh, shining your light in a very dark uh, world. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you. So I'll go ahead and get to the point here. I live in uh, northern Kentucky, um, the Burlington area, and I was raised on a, on a small farm. We had about 70 acres We sold some of it off. And this is where it gets. uh...
1: Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. You just stopped there for a second.
4: Uh, I apologize. It might be bad uh, reception on my behalf. But anyway, how do we survive? We know this corruption goes so high. You have men like Bill Gates and the nose below them, Black BlackRock and Vanguard. All these ideologies that influence the food, even to the public, research on how putting vaccines into our vegetables, and that is really, really troublesome.
1: Thank no. you for the call, Mark.
2: I, well, first of all, you know, to stand up to this, and I fully understand the frustration and and really the fear of each individual farmer. I will tell you this that these forces that we're up against here are terrified that you will learn the truth and you will begin to stand up and they are counting on you to sit there and say there's nothing we can do they're too big and you know we can't but I have seen in cases where people did stand up that these powerful forces become real cowards and run they don't want to have any opposition they don't want to have any negative news come out anything on it and you know i can 't emphasize enough how you have got to start to organize and stand up to this, and uh, I will just say as a shameless promotion, uh, we have put together a handbook teaching you how to stand up and and uh, speak out and to organize and we're doing everything we can to help people across the country to uh, to do this because I understand that it it is a it, it's a scary thing, and uh, people just get uh, you know frightened into silence and That's
1: available through your website, Tom? Yes, it is. Americanpolicy.org. Yes. Americanpolicy.org. Hey, we're just a few seconds from the break, so let's quick take the break. Uh, Brent, you stand the line. You'll be our next caller. We've got other lines all packed out here today on Crosstalk. As we deal with this questioning, what's happening to our food supply? So stay with us. We'll be back in just one minute.
3: For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Frequent guest on my radio show and TV show is Colonel John Mills, who served on the National Security Council staff for two presidents. I also interview regularly Gordon Chang. Gordon Chang recently came out and said this Chinese balloon flying across America reveals that indeed war with China could come at any time. On my radio show on Monday afternoon of this week, Colonel John Mills said what China was doing shows that a strike of some kind could be imminent from China. That what they were gathering was all the information you would need to carry out various strikes on America. They were certainly gleaning information to go after America's vulnerable spots, including making sure they have all the information they need on our nuclear triad. Dr. Peter Vincent Pry warned this is one way you would also deliver an EMP to bring down the power grid. Colonel John Mills said this is the most dangerous time in America since the Cuban Missile Crisis. I'm Brandon House.
1: Tom DeWeese is with us here today from the American Policy Center. Friends, if you missed his uh, website address, we will give that before we close up here, before this this, uh, segment is over, so stay with us. Let's go to central Wisconsin. We have Brent calling in. Hi, Brent, you're on the air.
4: Now, thank you for taking my call. Um, a lot of the policies that our own government is setting up is setting us up as farmers to fail. A lot of things that are taking place. Um, the newest one now that I've been hearing about is the animal rights activists no longer want us to keep our dairy cows in a barn, in a stanchion barn, because that's inhumane. They should be allowed to be outside. I guess even if it's 30 below, it's better if they're outside than inside. Huh. Nice. It, a lot of it makes no sense mm-hmm. And the other one is You know what the absolute best fertilizer is? Cowmaner mm-hmm. You can't beat it So if we eliminate all these cows They get rid of them And then if we're dependent on other countries For our fertilizer and stuff That's really going to hurt our food supply And yeah. I mean It's like you can see the writing on the wall That there's trouble coming And it's not going to be good
1: Thank you for the call and, here today I appreciate it. Uh, Tom, uh, he's talking about, really, we're imploding from within.
2: We absolutely are. And, you know, I, I've been saying it for years, is this, you know, the radical environmental movement combined with the uh, uh, the vegan movement, the animal rights movement, and so forth, uh, they all are part of the same agenda, pieces and parts. They've left no stone unturned. So if you go in this direction, oh, no, we got this problem. And, uh, I mean, I've got the whole list right here, uh, 10 different things that this uh, sustainable beef roundtable is forcing on the, uh, uh, the, you know, the cattle growers and, uh, you know, what it's all, you know, for the environment. Everything's for the environment. It deals with waste disposal, fresh water. That They uh, claim that the American diet requires 4,200 gallons of water per day. And uh you know the, here are these cattle drinking all of that up we don 't have enough and, and you know the vegan diet only requires three hundred gallons you know, this kind of stuff Wow, wow, and uh, the vegans all die early. You
1: know. Linda's calling from lomira you 're on the air.
4: hi you're you're uh, talking about the solar panels today, and I was just wondering, is there any uh health issues regarding them?
2: I have seen reports that there are the uh, the uh, Solar panels, particularly the wind turbines, is where they make a lot of noise. Uh, people who have property next to these things are, uh, are uh, feel damage from it. I can't give you the very specifics of, of exactly what kind of uh, health problems there are, but I have seen that there, there, there are. Yeah.
1: Okay, thank you. Uh, we've got uh, Michelle in Ohio. You're on the air.
4: Uh, good afternoon. I uh, appreciate this fellow talking about what we should do because I really am frustrated I, you know, we're always talking, and I don't see much action. I just want to make mention that in 1 Timothy chapter 4, it mentions about those that forbid you to eat meat, to be warned of them, and they're not of the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've seen this coming, and three years ago, when I heard of all of this initially happening, and when Corey, Senator Cory Booker was pushing for Meatless Mondays, I knew we were in trouble. That didn't pass, but what are we going to actually do? Because talking about it is not going to get us where we need to be, and we need to stand up.
2: Well, that is exactly what my whole focus is: is to get people to stand up. I, I turned the the coin uh, coined the term uh, "freedom pod" in your community. Build a freedom pod in your community. Make the goal uh, the protection of uh your private property protection of local businesses not global corporations but local businesses and uh your personal rights is to live your life as you choose to speak out to do you know, the things you want to do and uh This is the the whole idea is you've got to do research. You need to know who your enemy is before you can fight. Every single community has a comprehensive development plan. You can look in there and see what the plans are. You can see who's behind them. There is an army of these non-governmental organizations. Uh, There's actually 20,000 of them in the world and they are surrounding your local elected officials and so forth and pushing this stuff in place the trouble is we aren't there we aren't pushing back and what happens is you uh, finally you go to a city council meeting and speak out, and you're the only one who has, and the, the NGOs are standing behind them saying, the guy's nuts, don't pay attention to him, yeah. and they, they turn you off. And we have got to turn that around, and they've got to feel pressure from us. And our side isn't willing to do that, and the result is we end up with more government and uh, this stuff in place.
1: We'll be giving that website again here shortly. Thank you for the call. Amy in Springfield, Missouri, you're on the air.
4: Hi. Yeah, I want to also um, remind people that uh, live in a rural area um, or or live in a town near a rural area to look for small farmers that they can buy meat or eggs or milk from directly. There mm-hmm. um, there's sources out there that will help um, farmers, you know, sell meat, sell milk, mm-hmm. uh, depending on your state. Um, you know, just look for, you know, go talk to your neighbor, yeah. and if they've gotten, you know, they raise chickens, see if they'll sell you some eggs.
1: Okay, very good, uh, and thank you. And and doing that local business, Tom, is important.
2: Yeah, I I agree with that a hundred percent. And uh, also, I would just say that uh, some farm, some uh, cattlemen did try to come together and put together their own uh, packing company, and what these four uh corporations did was they drastically lowered their prices to put it out of business. This is you know and that's illegal, but they did it. Yeah. Nobody say anything to them.
1: Thank you for that uh, call. And uh Jim, you've got about thirty seconds out of Lake Linden of Wisconsin. You're on the air. Michigan.
3: Yes, hi. I uh, just want to encourage people to uh uh plant their own garden this year uh, with open pollinated seeds that will decrease dependency on uh, big farming and uh, I encourage people to watch the videos on IceAgeFarmer.com and also uh, on ArmstrongEconomics.com.
1: Thank you, Jim. We're out of time. Tom DeWeese. Tom, you've got, uh, again, you've got an action plan, you've got newsletters, you put forth alerts. How can our listeners ab- obtain these resources?
2: Yeah, if they go to our website at AmericanPolicy.org. And we have the uh, local activist handbook there. I've got an article in there called What Do I Mean by a Freedom Pod? We've got a bunch of different things uh, in there. And we've actually even got a map uh, on there that shows where we're already working with some folks around the country. I'm working hard to increase that and uh, get more people
1: involved. Again, folks, the website, AmericanPolicy.org. You can sign up for Tom's emails. Stay informed as well. But uh, it starts uh, by getting to their site, AmericanPolicy.org. Tom, thanks for being on the front lines on so many of these issues.
2: Well, thank you for helping all this.
1: Tom DeWeese with us here today as we address the question, what's happening to our food supply? And certainly the aspect of uh, getting engaged here, even on a local level. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us today
0: on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America